Hey friends, welcome back to Simple Saturdays. This is part two of simplifying your Christmas. In the previous episode, we talked about kind of assessing your Christmas mindset, your expectations, and then we got into gift giving and the motivations behind gift giving and giving gifts and different ideas and that kind of thing. And we also talked about decor. In this episode, we are going to really cover Christmas with kids. And we will also talk about traditions, hosting, and activities. And once again, all of these questions have come to me from the Facebook group and the Instagram friends that I have. If you do want to join the Facebook group, there's a link in the show notes, but if Facebook isn't really your thing, I say don't add more on top of it. Only join it if it's something that you are passionate about and you are looking for that community. When it comes to celebrating Christmas with kids, we have a lot of concerns or hurdles that are easily encountered. One is the money, the money we're spending the clutter, adding all this new stuff in. And another concern many parents have is creating a culture of entitlement with their kids where they're expecting more and more in all these gifts. But there's also this other side where we long to spoil them a little and we want to see their faces light up and we want to just make Christmas like magical and special. And I think we put a lot of pressure on avoiding any disappointment. We don't want anyone to be unhappy. We want that's we don't want to have any negative emotions. So we cover all of our bases and we overcompensate so that nobody's disappointed and no one has to deal with any of this, this discomfort of feeling like they wanted something different or something more. But let's stop here and be mindful of the culture we're creating in our family and the expectations we are setting. And I do think that's hard if you feel out of touch with your own values and vision for the season. What do you value in gift giving? What values do you want to express to your kids in how you handle Christmas? So it's important to pay attention to what kind of culture you're creating within your family when it comes to gifts. And then if gifts are a struggle for you, consider what feels hard for you. What are the sore spots for you here? How are you soothing it with buying more and more? What negative emotions might you be avoiding in yourself or your kids? But if you're like, nah, I'm good, I love presents, I have the space for it, I have the money for it, then do your thing. But if this is something that isn't serving you and your vision for your family, then it's time to start looking at the things you can shift. So here you are, you're the parent, you are creating the culture and setting the expectations. And if your kids are young enough, this is really easy to get intentional about with Christmas time. But if your kids are a little bit older, making changes is going to take a lot more conversations with them and it's going to take transitioning through steps. It shouldn't be like a punishment. It shouldn't be like, ah, now we're not doing gifts at all. It should be a slow transition and conversation with your kids about what you want Christmas to be and how you want to show up for one another during Christmas. So when you do have younger kids, you can take advantage of that. You can keep gifts really simple. And when my kids were small, we were giving them things like <laughs> car seats that they needed or toothbrushes or water bottles. I think just like things we were going to buy them anyway, but we bought nicer ones, <laughs> made a big deal about them. <laughs> and as we learned more about minimalism, we started to pay attention with how they were engaging with their toys. And anytime there's been a birthday or a holiday or whatever, you see them accept these toys and then they kind of don't know what to do. It's a lot of toys. It gets overwhelming they kind of stop engaging with them. So we did see that happen. And other things that we've given our kids for Christmas was, well, we did the playroom. We completely decluttered the basement and turned it into a play space. And then the following year, we built a really cool fort. And I'll link that post in the show notes, all about the basement playroom. 
And then we've also given them experiences. So we took them on a trip to the water slides in the city before as a Christmas gift and did a couple little things at home. What's really important, I think, is to think about the quality. When we see kids get overwhelmed with too many choices and gifts, just like adults, you can almost feel like, ah, I reached that tipping point. And I've had this happen to me before where I've been watching them open gifts and there's more and more. And I realized in my own mind, okay, I went too far (laughs) this Christmas. And over time, I really tried to focus on quality over quantity. And now I'm at this place where I'm adopting the four things. And the four things are something you want, something you need, something to wear, and something to read. And I really like that there's something you want in there because in the name of minimalism, sometimes we can just get so darn practical that we forget about things that we love and enjoy. And I think if anyone has ever had an experience where Christmas was maybe not when they got things that they really wanted, then... We want to give that to our kids as well. And so I want to still give them the toys that they're craving. I long to do that for my children. And having this category where that fits and feels like I can meet that need and I can still be practical with everything else. So something they want, what do they wish for? What? And you know, if you want to put a budget on it, you can put a budget on it. But at this point, they're pretty young where this is a very reasonable request like Legos or a doll, like we can manage all of that something they need for their room or for their hobbies, something to wear. And it doesn't have to be like a shirt or a sweater. It can be like toques or jackets or house coats or whatever. And then something to read. And I had my friend's Osborne catalog and I just said, pick what you want because I might pick something totally dorky and different than what you're actually interested in right now at this point in your life. So pick what you want, make it for yourself. And then if you are in a situation where you've just bought in so many presents, lay them all out. And I've done this on like every Christmas Eve, I'll lay everything out in front of me and I'll just make sure that things are like even amongst all three kids. And I'll see that maybe I have too much. So I'll pack it up and I'll save it for later. Maybe just for like a random gift day or a birthday present or presents for other kids. So you can always choose less, even if you've gone too far. And I think we can't underestimate the joy of unboxing. I mean, there's YouTube channels all about watching people unbox things. And uh, I get it. I like getting something that's beautifully wrapped and not like in a grocery bag. (laughs) So wrap everything, wrap all the little things. And I think what I have learned and what I would love to prepare other moms for, especially if they have smaller kids, is that you will probably be disappointed. Some years will be so underwhelming. You'll think you nailed it, you got the right gifts. The presents will be opened in like three minutes. There was no like savoring or ceremony to it. It was just like done, (laughs) done way too fast. Or maybe they don't seem excited about anything in particular. Or maybe it takes them a full year or two till they actually show interest in the cool thing you thought they would love. Like I bought Linnea a dollhouse. I think she was three and I was so excited for it. I thought that she's going to play with it all the time, but she only really started playing with it when she was about four or five. Like I kind of felt let down. There's been Christmases where I felt let down, but it doesn't mean that I need to give them more or I need to give them better. It just means this is part of the process of having small children and they're just showing up their true selves in the world and we don't have to always take it personally. 
Another thing that I really love when parents do is to make them something handmade, to show that you can put your heart and your effort into creating something for them, even if it's just drawing them a card or writing them a letter. The one thing I've made my kids are their Christmas stockings. And every year I add on a panel of last year's Christmas pajamas to the stocking. Of course, I did this without really considering that there would be 19 years of Christmas pajamas and they're going to be like 10 feet tall, but my kids are so excited about them and every year they pull them out and they talk about them. And I like that that was something I made for them. I didn't have to buy it. There's a really great question about stockings and wanting to avoid all the plastic junk that you could get for your stocking. And I've been there. I've gone and loaded up at the dollar store, got all the things to cram that stocking full. So first thing I think we can challenge is the expectation that the stocking has to be overflowing. And the second expectation that we can challenge is it has to be everything fun and exciting because what I have adopted and what has actually worked out well because they kind of just expect it is that I'm giving them things that I would probably buy anyway and they're just a little bit more awesome but also exciting things like things I might not buy them special cereal or like cake box mix then we can add in toiletries like toothbrushes band-aids shampoo nice soap from Lush or hair accessories. We can have a, some clothing in there, like little things like slippers and socks and mitts. And stationery, that's always a popular one in my house when it's like puzzle books and pens and pencil cases and notebooks and craft supplies. I think it really helps to consider the types of toys you want to be giving your kids. And this is coming from a, minimal, <laughs> a minimalist point of view where we look at the types of toys we keep in the house and we focus on toys that help them engage rather than just be entertained. So things that are imaginative and open-ended and promote physical activity, just kind of focusing on those gifts. I feel good about giving those toys that I think are going to help like grow my kid mentally, emotionally, physically. Family traditions. I love traditions. I call them the glue that bonds us because traditions instill a sense of belonging, stability, and togetherness. Traditions can be relied upon and often they're fun. And I think that ritual and that security and that like team mentality is so important in a family. So I have a blog post outlining all the different ideas I have about traditions you can add into your Christmas. I'll link it in the show notes. But I just want you to keep in mind, when you are considering family traditions, here's two things that can just give you some grace and give you some space. One is you get to pick them for your family. You do. You're like, you guys are a new family together. It's also really exciting to think about what traditions you want to bring in. And you can try traditions. You can try a new one. If you don't like it, don't do it again. And you don't have to do them all in one year. You can add them slowly over time into your life. And you can also upgrade old ones. So if you have a tradition and there's just something about it that's not working in quite the best way, you can adjust it. There were some questions about money around budget and the Simple Christmas Planner does have a budget that's going to cover different categories. But what I see when it comes to money at Christmas time, there are two issues. One is how to manage it and plan for it. And the other is how do you not spend it, but still enjoy things. So if you would have traditionally bought something or spent money, what can you do now instead? How do you spend less and enjoy more? That was the exact question that was sent my way. And I think it comes down to brainstorming your own answers to this question. If Christmas is something we celebrate, not buy, 
what are ways we can celebrate? So some ways that we personally just kind of celebrate is we kind of take our everyday life and look for ways to kind of bring more joy and togetherness in it. Like Coco together or playing games together. We get puzzles out. We play the Wii together. Like we just enjoy what we have, but kind of a turning inward. And you know, we always have the Christmas lights on. It feels festive. Maybe there's like a nice candle with a nice scent. Celebrating can include all of the senses, smell and taste and sight and sound. Music is a really great way to just celebrate and we can sing together. We can play music together. So however you are just going about your daily life, start brainstorming ways that you can make this something that you're doing together, like making it a communal experience and kind of just upgrading it a little bit. And it doesn't have to be going out and spending money and going different places. You can even just walk around your neighborhood and have a snowball fight. And, and that is such a great memory to make with your kids. And yes, it's still a memory of everyone complained about going. It lasted three minutes and the snowball fight went way too far and someone's crying and you have to carry another person home. But we are making memories, people. And the big hot issue when it comes to being a minimum, minimum, I can't say that word today, guys. When it comes to being a minimalist at Christmas is clutter. And most of the clutter comes from gifts, specifically gifts to our children. For some people, gifts are a love language. It's how they express and share their love. And I do worry that minimalism can sometimes be the altar on which this love language is sacrificed. This is something I've life coached many moms on on setting those boundaries for their family. And I know it can feel very personal or helpless to have your home filled with more things when you're working hard to decrease the excess. So I do have some suggestions. First is to take the judgment out of it. Instead of feeling victimized by it, see it from the gift giver's point of view. It's like your kid making you arts and crafts and handmade cards. They want to offer it to you. They want to light you up. They want to offer you and bring joy to you. It really is an expression of their love. And when we shut down that flow of love and joy they are sending our way, we close ourselves to the different ways people are trying to love us and our family. And this is something our kids are watching as well. If we scoff at the gifts or take them from our kids, we're really missing the big picture here on what it's like to receive love in different ways from different people. The second is to have conversations, and this can be done lovingly. You can tell others that you've been simplifying your home to have more space to play and live, and that it's something you're encouraging your kids to do by focusing more on experiences rather than gifts. There's probably even some people in your life who will ask you what your kids need, what they're interested in, or you can even offer an Amazon wish list or some ideas on experiences, classes, workshops, movie passes that your kids would love. Because if you don't make it clear that this excess is overwhelming in your home, then you can't really be upset that people didn't read your mind or your Facebook posts and automatically know what you think is best when it comes to gift giving. And here's the really important part. Once you have that conversation, let it be. If they still buy lots of presents or the wrong types of presents, don't make it mean a million things about your relationship and blah, blah, blah. All this means is... Either they don't agree with you, they view it differently, just like you're viewing it differently from them, or they aren't ready to make that shift. They haven't found their way yet through that process. And people are allowed to disagree. They're allowed to take their time. We don't need to make it into such a heated debate to preserve the peace and the love that is available to us at Christmas. Just see that there's another person in this world who longs to love your family in their own way. Okay, 
But let's say you have all of this stuff that came into your house and now what? First, to prepare for it, declutter ahead of time. Declutter playrooms and bedrooms so that when the stuff comes in, it feels more manageable. And the next that I have found helpful is to just let the kids have it. Let them play with it. Let them satisfy their curiosity. And then in a few months, we can do a declutter. We can do it without them, which we sometimes do, or we can include them in it. And who knows, maybe one of these new toys are going to be so well-loved and enjoyed that we can let go of some older things a little bit more easy. There were some really good questions about being a host and having people over and having people stay over. And I have been a stress ball host for sure, like on edge, made it a really unfun experience. But I've also flipped to the other side where people have come and stayed in my home and I've had paint swatches on the walls, trying on different paints or walls torn down. I've learned a lot about being a host. And I think it really comes down to just being with people, just letting them into your life and doing life about them and getting focused on them, focused on how they're feeling and what's happening in their life instead of focused on my own anxiety and is the meat on the barbecue and is the toilet clean enough? Like probably no, <laughs> but let's just hang out together and enjoy it because you're here. So focus on how it feels, create a relaxing atmosphere, candles, music, whatever, whatever makes you feel relaxed know what will stress you out maybe even make a list and there's a list in the simple christmas planner about the stressors there's also some worksheets on hosting specifically know what's going to stress you out and make a plan for it is it food is it activities it is cleanliness make a plan for these things and ask for help ask for help from your family ask for help from the guests coming I once was told that people love to be included in your home, that if someone comes over and was like, how can I help? Just give them something to do, make them part of life with you. And finally, this isn't a fun thing to hear, but it helps <laughs> be okay when it's not okay. So you know that it might be stressful. There might be some conflict. Things might not be perfect and ideal what you want them to be, but we can accept that there's going to be positive and negative not everything is going to be 100% positive. And when we accept that maybe 50% of this experience will be harder, then we can feel like we're normal. We're not doing anything wrong. This is part of showing up and part of hosting people and part of going through the process. And over time, we are going to shift to a more positive experience when we stop fighting the negative and hustling for the positive. We open ourselves up to experiencing really great moments when things feel tough instead of shutting down when they feel tough. And if you wanna dig a little bit deeper on that ahead of time before you start hosting people, there is a podcast episode called The Not Enough Mindset, Moving from Scarcity to Abundance. That would probably be helpful. And finally, let's talk about activities, all the things we could do or not do. And when it comes down to what we do and what we don't do, we need to go back to our vision and values for this Christmas. Because the fact is we only have so much money, time, energy, and we need to prioritize how it is allocated. So in order to help us do this, we need to go back to our vision. What do we want this Christmas to be? We need to make decisions that support that. And go back to your values. What is important to you this season? What things do you value as a family and how do you want to show up? And make a plan that reflects your vision and values. And yes, this is all in the Simple Christmas Planner, but I do want to give you some extra tips to keep in mind. The first is you can do things differently this year. So maybe this is the year you don't travel. When my kids were younger, I let my families know 
we're not going to be traveling this Christmas with two toddlers and a baby. You are more than welcome to come to our place and celebrate with us. But this season, we need to have a slower pace for these days that we get off altogether. Another thing to consider when you're planning out all these activities is to include your spouse and kids in deciding what Christmas should look like. And in our dorky family meetings, and I'll link a post about that in the show notes, we asked our kids what they want to do for Christmas. And we often, when a season's coming up, we're like, what's on your bucket list? What do you want to see happen? Because we want to make these amazing memories together as a family. And part of that is doing things that they're excited to do. Like last Christmas, our big like bucket list or big ideas on what we wanted to focus on was sledding and eventually we were sledding to school in the morning every day like it was just something we made a priority because you do get to pick the memories you'll be making and it can look a little bit different each year maybe this year we'll be doing a little bit something different and finally listen to what you are craving one mom asked about how to be active during family gatherings and i see this as a great thing that she recognizes that she has this craving this is something she wants So consider your vision. What do you want? More adventure, more rest, brainstorm ways to bring that into your life. And maybe that means you're planning more outings or games, but also if you are in a situation where the crowd wants something different than you do, then front load your time with the things you want to get done. If everyone sits around, but you want adventure with your family, go make that happen. So you can show up for these gatherings feeling like your needs have been met. Meet your needs. Listen to what your needs are. I really think all of this comes down to seeing the way you've always handled Christmas, the expectations, the stressors, the culture, the excess. Listen to the stories you are telling yourself about it and decide what you want instead. And then take action, put a plan in place, pace yourself, take slow steps all along the way so that when the big days are here, you can just show up and enjoy it. And remember, it all comes down to this. Nothing matters as much as how you show up. The dinner can be burnt. The family drama can be overflowing. The kids could be high on Advent chocolate that they snuck out of the calendar. But you still get to show up in line with your values, with who you want to be. So pay attention to your thoughts. Set out your intentions for what you want and show up for your Christmas. And yes, if you want the roadmap for this, the Simple Christmas Planner is available. The link is in the show notes. It has been a pleasure to answer these questions for you guys. And if you like this podcast, please hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. Because I love to put a name to the numbers and the subscribers. And also, every time I put something out onto the internet, I really do have a little bit of curiosity if it's helping people, if it's affecting people. I still keep doing it, but I also really love to hear back from you on what helps you and what you want more of. So you can leave that in ratings and reviews. You can hit reply and email me in the Simple Saturdays email, or you can find me on Instagram at simpleonpurpose.ca and on the Facebook group if you're part of that. All right, guys, have a great week. Talk to you later.